0: Hello and welcome to our first year a Mattress and Stories podcast. I'm your host, Molly Vassa Bertolucci. I'm a licensed therapist and a maternal mental health specialist. I'm a mother of two on a parenthood learning journey, just like you. On this podcast, I talk with moms about their first year of motherhood and all of the joys, challenges, and surprises that come along with it. We share a lot of information and resources here, but this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a mental health professional. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Thanks for being here with me. Today I'm talking with Nikki. Nikki's a mother of three, both by adoption and birth. She describes her motherhood journey as going from famine to feast. After seven years of trying to start a family, she became a mother to three girls under two in the midst of COVID and a cross-country move. Nikki beautifully shares about sleepless nights and loneliness, learning to ask for help, celebration, gaining resilience,
1: and growth. Lots of growth.
0: All right, Nikki, tell us a little bit about yourself
1: and your family. All right. Well, I'm Nikki and I'm 36 years old. I uh, grew up in Southern California. And then in 2019 is when my husband and I moved to Michigan. No kids. (laughs) And then um Three months later, we um, adopted our daughter, and so she is three years old, and then right away found out I was pregnant, and then, so that's 2020, and then our daughter was born in uh, November of 2020, and then (laughs) uh, after she was born a few months later, found out I was pregnant again. And so we have a one, two, and a three-year-old. Mara is three, Ellie is two, and Sarah is one.
0: What three words would you use to describe your first year of motherhood?
1: I would describe three words I was thinking about were um, definitely exhausting. Exhausting, confusing, just because there are so many different uh, methods out there, methods to do like everything, methods and content. Content's good, but just, there could just be too much of it. So confusing. I really thought year one, that was, that was kind of tough. And then, um, but tender, really tender, tender with myself, tender with me, my husband, and then tender with, um, the babies. So yeah, year one for sure. Exhausting, confusing, but tender. I love that
0: tender. That is such a, such a good word to describe that time. Yeah. What was the model in your head of motherhood? What did you think your
1: first year was going to be like? I definitely thought it was going to be very much like a learning curve. Um, But at the same time, I wanted to be hands-on mom, you know, make the purees, make the things, and then also breezy. Just like, yeah, let's be Let's be breezy. So, I don't know, you know, combine those two. And um, it really, I mean, as you can put together, it fully shifted because of COVID. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, that reality, yeah. Not match up with that expectation of breezy. There was nothing about COVID
1: that was breezy. No. More
0: about how that impacted your family and becoming a mother.
1: Yeah, so we um we I became a mom, yeah, twenty twenty, January. And then pretty much right away we were like hearing about COVID, you know, and so you're just like, okay, wipe down things. And then I found out I was pregnant, which also, you know, was a different dynamic for the first year because you just want to soak up your baby. You just really and for me and my husband, we just really wanted to had that big connection with her, which we did because <laughs> you're really the only ones that were around during COVID. Um, and so, but also at the same time, being pregnant, um, I was nervous. I had had two miscarriages. We call our story pretty much from famine to feast. Uh, we've almost been married ten years, and so the first seven years we were trying to start a family. And um, so with that. We were doing all the infertility stuff and everything like that. I know this is kind of like sidebar, but we were just doing everything that we could think of um, to find out there was something that was causing the early miscarriages. And so it's like, okay, all right, that's totally fine. And God shifted us and brought our sweet daughter into our home in 2020. And so me being pregnant was definitely not in my mind at all. Uh, Then it happened. And so it's like, okay, here we go. This is happening. But I was nervous. I was super, super nervous because of everything that had happened. And then you're in the middle of COVID. (laughs) so It's just this, it was a strange time. We had just moved to Michigan. So, you know, I'm not around my closest friends. We have so much family here. Um, Our family from my husband's side is here and I'm very close with them. So that was wonderful. But you're just all navigating what this pandemic was. And it, like, it was just very, just hard. Um, cause I craved having people around to be with me and Mara, I craved having, and we did have a close circle and that was so helpful, but yeah, that was really interesting. Having that very first year be what it was COVID and being pregnant and figuring that all out. And we did. <laughs> Yeah, so it sounds like
0: some some nervousness, some uncertainty, Mm -hmm. some loneliness was the reality rather than that breeziness that you expected.
1: Yes, very much so, yeah.
0: What challenges did you face
1: that you didn't anticipate? The challenges, I would say, like you you nailed it on the head, was the loneliness. Um, I didn't expect so much of that, but even in like different ways, just um, like being alone in definitely like your thoughts. (laughs) Like, okay. So am I the only one that feels, you know, this way? And, um, and especially with the pandemic, like, am I the only one like this? Because if I say the wrong thing, then these people aren't with you. If I say the right, you know, then you're just all these different sides. And so you're just, yeah, the loneliness because you're craving connection because of your exhaustion. Um, you're tired, and your mind isn't always there. <laughs> and then you're—I was fully craving. I just needed help too because I was getting more and more pregnant, and I have a five-month-old who's very active and um, just ahead of the schedule. And so, um, yeah, it was—it was a time where. I, I needed some extra help, which I got it. And so God was definitely gracious with me in that, in that the family that was here, they provided much. And so that was something where I struggled, but there was that relief, you know? Yeah. So it helped to have family nearby. Yes. What else helped? Um, a lot of the things that helped was, um, like I said, asking for help—that was huge. Talking to my sister, talking to my sister-in-law, talking to just people because I was—I um, had moved away from California. I was missing my friends. I, it was funny though because everybody was feeling lonely during that time. Uh, so, you know, I'm—I'm I'm missing something that not nothing was really even happening right there wasn't a lot of group hangouts there wasn't a lot of like of that even happening so even though I craved it the reality was that everybody was wanting to be together and but asking for help talking to my sister I remember this one time there was a shift in naps and it was so difficult like that was my hour that was when I could get things done and this is after so I'm not just talking about that year, now I'm going on to first year of <laughs> Ellie because I've had like three first years, <laughs> and so now the shift of like now I'm pregnant with Sarah the third, and I have two, and they used to be amazing at naps and then they weren't, and that was really difficult for me. I know for a week it was so hard because something had to change and they're, they're allowed to change. These babies will go through all the different things. But for me, it was a struggle. And I told my sister and she goes, this is just a season. And I know you'll hear this often all throughout life, but you will get through this and maybe do like a hello fresh, right? Maybe do a, whatever it is, like do something that will help with the food, do something that will help with like, ask for help in those practical ways, um, that was, that was big. Mm. So I was like, okay, I, I can seek not just like asking, like, I need somebody here, but more so like, I need help with food. I need help with laundry. I need help with day-to-day things where I thought I could do it all. And I just can't. So Yeah.
0: yeah. Some of those practical things, taking something off your plate.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And it sounds like also someone telling you there's hope like this yes. will not last forever, yeah. which it can feel like it's going to last forever when totally. you're not sleeping, like the yeah. sleep deprivation, the the very high needs of infants. Mm-hmm. And then you're also physically not feeling good because you're pregnant. Yep. Yeah. There's so many layers.
1: Yeah. It was interesting, the third pregnancy, because I felt like I was just dealing with postpartum and then doing it again. And so I felt like This is going to be silly, Molly, but my hair was a big thing for me. And it was just (laughs) like, oh, I, I can't even feel good in this area. But, you know, again, it's a season and it's okay that I felt that way during that that season. But then at the end of the day, you're going to get through it. (laughs) You really will. Um, And what's funny is I would hear people say that. I would hear people say, you're going to get through it. This season doesn't last. Um, I wanted the validation. So the people in my life that heard me and said, I understand what you're dealing with is tough because like you just want people to understand or to hear you like in in your kind of pain, right? Instead of being like, no, I've been there. I've been, I've been there. It's like, okay, I get it, but I'm here. I'm there. Um, it's like, yes, you are. And so even just somebody saying like that instantly, like when my husband will just be like, that is so tough hearing three babies scream. And that is, that's tough. That alone is so helpful for me. And sometimes I can't, I, I want somebody to know to say that, but they can't read my mind. So I have to tell people sometimes like, I need you to just know that this is what I need to hear right now. And then I can move I can move forward. I can start doing the things. I can like get all the tasks done and actually have a joyful spirit and actually play with my kids and do something silly. Like, okay. And and we talk about resetting a lot. Like, no, we can reset. Let's just reset. Sarah's crying right now because she's a baby. <laughs> and I know it's hard to hear her screams. Even mommy has a hard time hearing it. But we can always reset. And um, so that's a that's a new word for us.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. I love that idea of resetting, and and it sounds like Nikki, you have um, such self compassion and such perspective. Hmm. Do you feel like
1: you had that during those first years? Um, I feel like it was definitely harder to gain the perspective. Um, I definitely have compassion. Like there were times where in the middle of the night. Um, one of them is just crying and you know, they need sleep, you need sleep. And so you're just, I can say angry, you're angry. And so I would just be pretty upset with myself that I would feel that way. And so then what I had to do to shift my attitude was kiss them. I literally just had to kiss my baby. And then it's like, okay, they don't mean to be screaming right now. Now they didn't always help me and my frustration, it just let that second kind of like, okay, that second pass, okay, that second turns into a minute, and then like it will pass, whether they are up for an hour or not, you know, and so I really, I had to learn that. And I think, um I think that's why I think there was like another word, but uh, a lot of growth um happens when you become a mom. And so you're just continually learning now if you kind of just stop and then you're just stuck and you're stuck in your own and um, that's when it's when it's tough. so I continually have to regain that because I can't go in a cycle it's you can go and talk negative about yourself but then I just gotta gotta shift and like I said before there's a lot of content out there but the content can be helpful because then you can get tools and you can say okay I'm not alone this is a normal thing to think about and what tools can we do okay i can kiss my baby great (laughs) that's a tool for me
0: that's a beautiful tool i I used to tell myself when my babies were crying when i soothe my baby i soothe myself
1: Hmm.
0: emotional regulation for yourself is such a big part of parenting that was a big surprise to me
1: yeah
0: okay They can't self-regulate. I'm going to have to regulate myself and they borrow my regulation, right? Definitely. And so learning, okay, when I soothe my baby, I soothe myself. We're in this together. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that tool. Yeah. How did the idea of self-care shift for you during that first first years?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I read that. I thought the first year of self-care was – I think for everybody, it really wasn't there because that was COVID year, right? So you're just trying to survive. (laughs) So 2020 first year, um, and then going to 2021 with Ellie first year. Yeah. You're, it was more so of, um, just trying to get that time. Um, and again, I will say I ask for help. And when I ask for help, I've told my mom, I've told my, um, nieces who help so much. and I. I tell them I'll ask and it's your responsibility to tell me yes or no, because I can handle a no. I really like, and so yeah, don't be afraid to ask is what I kind of tell people um, unless they can't handle the no, but I can. Cause I, I know that I will just put myself out there because I need it, but I also know that other people need their time too. <laughs> so I fully get boundaries, but um, that's how I do a lot of, self-care is just either ask for help and then go do it. I do a lot of, um, I did CrossFit or I do CrossFit. And so a lot of my like scheduling with my, the babysitters is that I get in gym time to make sure I get that. Uh, and my, my husband also built, um, some kind of like a rowing machine and a few things down in our basement. So I, I use that, pretty much every day. And it's, it has become a sweet thing for me and my girls and they'll help me with some things. Sometimes it's a stress. (laughs) They won't let me finish a few things, but for the most part, I, um, that's a big, big part for me in my my self-care is making sure I get a workout in and that, that just helps me mentally in a huge way.
0: Yeah. What makes you feel proud about your first year as a mother?
1: Um, I would see there was like resilience. Resilience was a word in my head that, um, I'd be, I think I'd be pretty proud that we can go through so much and so much can be thrown at you and to, to get through it with your spouse, you know, and just really talk things through and, or allow that space or, um, Yeah to be able to get through these really hard, challenging times together. That's what I think is just pretty neat that I love. Um, And like I said before, I, and just growth, growth, mentally, physically, just a lot of, a lot of growth. Yeah.
0: What do you think helped you and your husband be successful in connecting that first year, being on the same page? And being
1: able to be resilient? Um, A lot of, well, so I think we have in our favor that we're almost 10 years married. So we had seven years without kids where we uh, really, really use those years up well. (laughs) During those times, of course, you're wanting and you're continually like, when is our family going to start? What's that going to look like? And then, uh, for us, we definitely had those feelings, but we, we th- took the time to travel. We took the time to go see our family. Um, we, yeah, we just really, for he and I, we say, okay, well, I think we really used those years. Well, we see why God allowed us to be without, because we got to know each other. Um, a lot of families don't get that, you know, or couples, they, have kids right away. And then you're just kind of trying to learn you as a couple with kids. And that's so challenging. So we kind of knew how to fight well (laughs) together, um, got through a lot of big hurdles in those first seven years. And then um, new ones happened because, you know, you're now a couple with a child or two or three. And so then so many more challenges happen. And the fact that we were able to get through like, okay, we know how to fight and this looks a little different now, but we we know that this isn't going to be the worst thing. So get through it. Let's talk through these things. Um, for me, a big, a word that would often happen <laughs> at the beginning of our marriage was I would think things were the end of the world. Like This is so... Are we going to get through the simplest, smallest little fight? But, you know, I would just blow it up. And to kind of knock that one down it was so helpful. It was just just the best because now when we have an argument or whatever that looks like or we have to make a big decision, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> We're going to get through. And that is no longer in my head. And it's um, now what's in my head are just, you know, babies. And so it's just finding the time to talk and, uh, making that, making that key. And so I don't, we don't do a plan like, okay, make sure it's every week make sure it's this. It's just making sure you just find it when you can.
0: Is there a moment or a period of time that stands out most to you when you're looking back on that first year?
1: There, um, so I'm going to go into, I have three moments. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with Mara, it was definitely a lot of concentrated time mixed with um, me needing to rest and just figure stuff out. Um, But I just remember being outside with her. And that was just big for us. And even to this day, she loves to go outside. Uh, So it was just this thing where... We were in this new home, we have this lake in the backyard and something I couldn't have dreamed of and here, you know, with this little blessing of a, of a baby. And so that was really huge for me where my husband was working on the deck and I'm outside and yeah, Mara was just smiling and just so happy. And that one was like, okay, like, Lord, this is good. This was really good. And then for Ellie, um, year two, I would say just when she and Mara, so now Mara's, they're 10 months apart. And when they were under this, like, it's like a, a rainbow and it's a pad where you kind of like, they look up and they have like little dangling, what's that called? You can play um, gym. Yes. A tiny little play gym play mat. That's what, Yeah. And she's looking up at it and Mara goes and sits next to her or lays next to her and he's show, she's showing her. And I'm like, how is this 13-month-old <laughs> just showing her all the things and pointing at everything and wanting to already teach Ellie so many things. And that was really, really um, just a special moment for me. And um, And then with Sarah, last year, I was looking at them. Well, not even looking at them. I was holding all three of them, and I was just exhausted. Uh, So what was a moment of just me, just tired. I may have been crying. Who knows? (laughs) But um, Mara looks at me, and she's two because we had three. No, she wasn't even two yet. And she was turning two that week, and she wipes a tear away from me, hugs me. Ellie just smiles, and Sarah just was quiet for those moments. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Like this was, like I said, tender and I couldn't. Yeah. I just was like, okay, we, we wanted this for so long and then, and no clue. Yeah. When we moved in 2019, that in 2022, our arms would be full and kind of exploding with, with babies. (laughs) Mm. So
0: beautiful. This has become my favorite part of the podcast, Mm -hmm. asking about these memories, because just hearing you describe with each of the girls, these long-awaited loved daughters and these special moments where it kind of sounds like you realize, like, I have what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And she's here. They're here. Yeah. She's here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She, she, she.
0: (laughs) Tell me about... So let's go with Mara. Tell me about Mara's first
1: birthday. Um, Mara's first birthday was she was into if you're happy and you know it. And so everything was just smiley faces and happy. (laughs) So it was it was sweet. Uh, So remember, I had just had a baby that was two months old. (laughs) So (laughs) And we're all it was January of twenty twenty one. And we're all just kind of like, should we get together? Can we? All the things. But it was great. We had our family over and it was just a a, a sweet, sweet time. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was able to kind of plan it, which I I don't know how, but. I don't either. (laughs) We did. (laughs) And then with Ellie, we call her Ellie Bean. And so it was this cute little jelly bean theme. And my niece is a um, graphic designer, so she pretty much did the cutest little like poster and we got that up and yeah, it's, it's fun. I like to like decorate, but then at the same time, I just love to be with our people. So we, we kind of just do a lot of that. And then with Sarah, it's, it was two days before New Year's Eve. So we pretty much had a New Year's Eve party, waited a few days and had the family over and and, uh, she, we switched it. It was, I can't remember the theme, honestly, but my sister, cause she used to bang her head used to, she still does at 13, 16 months old, however old she is. She bangs her head on her high chair when she's done eating. And so my sister was like, we should have a headbangers ball for her birthday. <laughs> we were going to shift it. We thought of it that day, but we didn't. And anyways, but it was a New Year's Eve party and yeah. We just have family over and it's really kind of low key. And for me, I like to just have the, the little theme, you
0: know. what words of encouragement or wisdom do you have for moms who are in it right now?
1: Um, I heard this, I can't remember from who, but I heard this and it really stuck out to me because we moms do a lot of comparing, um, and so I heard somebody say, nobody is a better fit mom than you for your children. And that really just stuck out to me. Um, like, because you think, oh, this person probably would do better. This person would probably think of this. It's like, okay, they may have thought of something different, but you were their mom and you were picked to be their mom. Um, so I, I love that one a lot. And to, <laughs> for my own, this helps me. Just in day to day, not even just mom, but to stop comparing and to start celebrating people, that's that's just a, a huge one in general. But um, yeah, that one really has helped. And to, to open up to people, um, just open up your home or say to somebody like, hey, I do need a meal or I do need... Yeah, a coffee. I have a friend that I text her. I'm like, I love making coffees, and so I text her. I'm like, you want one? She goes, yes. And I absolutely love it when people say yes. <laughs> I never find it a burden, and it's it's a yeah. It kind of that vulnerability and that openness creates this trust and safety, and um, when you can find it, grab a hold of it. It's pretty sweet, even in um, all the different seasons, seasons of life. Because yeah, every season is tough because I feel like, yeah, we're in the hard times, but I know it's going to get a different tough and I know it's going to get a different tough in all the different seasons. And so just to know that like you're seeing right now in this season, um, not to just let's get through it. Uh, there are those days that need to be survival, but to really like, okay, how can I get help in this season? And then how can I enjoy this season? And then, Yeah. Let's move move forward because it's tough, but it's doable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Nikki, so much for your vulnerability. And and I just hear so much like celebration in mm-hmm. your life. And that is I love that. I feel I feel the warmth. I feel the celebration in your family. And
1: thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Oftentimes people, even this morning, I was at Target with all three of them. And they're like, people look at me like, whoa you got your hands full I'm like whatever my walking circus and I kind of just have to go with it I have to you just gotta roll with whatever you got and and when you can't keep rolling ask for help (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah absolutely
0: and Nikki do you have any resources that you would like to share with listeners
1: the first year um Mara in particular, I really, because it had been so long of a wait for children, I, you know, every nap and everything, I cuddled her, which is totally wonderful and fine, but then getting pregnant so fast, we needed sleep. Now, Mara is definitely um, such a capable little girl, so she was able, I was able to put her down even at three months she wanted her crib. <laughs> so it's like, got it. She was the one that led that one. It's like, okay, great. Um I would recommend some type of sleep method or help. That was I I don't think I agreed with it at the beginning. <laughs> I was just like, no, it's, it's fine. But it was definitely necessary and having other people put um her down Now this all shifts because now they're all a little bit older and we're in a new season and things are (laughs) different, but that was really helpful to do a type of sleep training. And so we did a taking care of babies for Ellie and it worked amazing. And her method, I think I just really like because she's not like, just leave them to it and they'll figure it out. They'll cry themselves to sleep. You know, she talks about all the different types of um, how families are started and so how you will want that connection and how you need that. And also they need that to help them in their, um, developmentally. And that was really huge for us. Uh, Sarah's maybe the best or the easiest to put down, but we didn't have to do anything with her. So it, I mean, to each their own, honestly, but that was a big one for us that we really, that was super helpful. So, just some type of sleep because that was what we needed at that moment. I couldn't have three babies in our room. I was going a little, little nuts. Is
0: there any resources that you want to share about adoptive for adoptive parents?
1: Yeah. Um, we really, uh, liked the, um, connected chat. Oh, Molly, I'm going to mess this up. I don't even have it written down. The connected
0: child by, um, Karen Purvis.
1: Yes. Yep. And, um, in our family there, there are just a lot of adoptees. And so we have a big kind of circle where we are able to ask questions, um, closely to our family members. Oh, awesome. That is just huge for Rick and I to be able to, um, just seek and we do. And he does as well, even with our adoption attorney, who's in um, California, he's easily accessible where we can just ask questions. And so when you, if you're going through the process, if you're in it, I would say those books, there's also, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to bring up a podcast that we Mm -hmm. really love. um, And that helps us. It's called Honestly Adoption with Mike and Kristen Berry. That one is pretty wonderful. Great. And it just gives you really, really helpful tools, um, yeah, to to navigate all of the all the different seasons.
0: If there's a listener who's who's wanting to hear more about Nikki's story or connect, um, then you can DM me on Instagram or get in touch with me, and I can share her contact information. Wonderful. All right, thank you, Nikki, so much for coming on the show and sharing with us about. tender exhausting confusing first years with your sweet girls thank you molly i hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as i did if you loved this episode please share it with a friend review it and subscribe to the podcast be sure to check out the show notes for links and information about any resources we mentioned in this episode
1: thank you for listening